What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 225. On this episode, we are joined by CJ Jones. We talk about the Patreon, uh, the merch shop, recording equipment, fake woke people, politics, depth, ancient aliens, Eminem, music talk, Christmas songs, Marley's Chains, which is his new Christmas song, and future music plans. Uh, thanks for checking us out. podcast with Mo. What up? Uh, first things first, you should, this holiday season, consider going to patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo and becoming a patron of our Patreon movement. Uh, you could be like my mother, Hurricane Haynes, and Marshall the Darmanish that bears our co-producers. Again, powwow. We're going to see if he makes it to 2021 or if he abandoned us. Um, no hard feelings or so. But anyway, we need more co-producers to help fund this shindig. So if you like it, consider it. You know, dollar or more a month, get early access. Also, we have a merch shop at shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast with Mo. You can go there, get cool podcast merchandise. Really, probably the coolest podcast shirts that exist in the world. So, if you want to own those, think about it. Um, and I guess it's still December. So, if you're in the mood to buy some beats, uh, I have a beat sale this month, 25% off with the code Internet Friends at 80tothemo.beatstars.com. I believe is how you get to my page. Um, anyway, and. They'll probably be for sale all year round, just not always with the discount if you really still need some beats. Um, all right. This week, I am calling uh, the homie of the podcast, CJ Jones, out of Springfield, Missouri. Um, I always have to say this thing because I have some friends who listen from college. Uh, I think I had a friend in college named CJ Jones. This is not that guy. This guy's name, real name isn't even CJ Jones. That's like his artist's stage name. Um, so what are the odds? Um, cause the first dude I really rapped with in college, uh, his name was CJ Jones. So it's just, it's just fun. Um, but anyway, this CJ Jones, uh, like I said, he, he raps a little bit. He plays some acoustic guitar and he sings. I recently made him a beat pack of, uh, some beats. So I guess I'm gonna try to produce his next EP, uh, if he's filling the beats and shit. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, we're homies for sure. You know, I have a few friends uh, that, you know, will be on the DMs on Twitter and we'll just be, uh, you know, seeing what's up. And he's one of those people. So, uh, you know, we, we like to hit up each other and, and hate on motherfuckers, basically. Um, I don't know if any of that will happen on this episode. I actually have zero plans of what we'll talk about, but I know he has a Christmas song coming out and this is the goddamn Christmas episode. So that's all we're having him on. So anyway, let's give him a call. Uh, so what's up, man? Oh, living the dream, man. Just got the kids laid down and hanging out at home now. Hell yeah. Um, something I had to bring up to you specifically, cause I feel like you might have an isolation shield. Cause I just got one a couple weeks ago and, um, it was only like 30 bucks on cyber Monday. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to get one of these little cages that go around your microphone, but it has these little pointy things, you know, like the sound absorption and it makes me go cross-eyed every time I'm recording on it. Cause if I look into them, they all fucking, I don't know. It's like this weird optical illusion effect. And I don't know. It just fucks. <laughs> That's me. awesome. So you just can't help but look at it. Yeah. I can't help it. Well, I look right in the center and it just makes me go cross-eyed. It's like, I just something about the way all the points. I don't know, man. Dude, I, <laughs> that's awesome. So the, the idea of ever recording yourself doing a live take is just off the question. Yeah. At least, I mean, I think, I could do like um, we'll pretend like it's a radio show, you know, like uh, had the camera above me, maybe. And honestly, I sit too close to my microphone. I'm like six inches, my mouth to the microphone. And people say you can get like two foot back and shit and just turn up your gain. My gain's real low. So I'm sure I could fuck with it. But, you know, you get in your habits. Yeah. So how does that thing work other than the cross-eyed thing? Um, You like it? So far, I love it. Um. Now, something that no one ever hears because, you know, I edit the podcast, whatever. But on other people's microphones, um, I wasn't being picked up on theirs, but they would be picked up on mine a little bit. Um, 
And then also like my voice uh, behind where other people sit when they're in the same room, that wall is like a fucking hard wall. You know, it's like a B board or whatever. But behind yeah. me is a curtain. So everyone that talks to me, their shit gets caught in that curtain and nothing bounces back. And mine bounces back, I guess, from what I, I don't know enough about this shit, but I'm trying to learn. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to help. I've only recorded a couple songs so far. Um but so far it sounds good, you know, but it may just be like recency bias, you know, the way you get when you record a yeah, song yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is yeah, it, man. I've looked into those things kind of like that. Like there's a thing called a chaotic uh, eyeball. Have you seen those? Yeah, I brought it up here a few times. I really wanted one and I was going to buy one this Christmas. I was like, someone eventually gives me money. This has been happening the last few years and I'll just get one of those. Um, but whenever on, like I said, on Cyber Monday, you know, came up on Amazon, this thing, and I was like, fuck it. It's 30 bucks. Instead of two hundred, let yeah. me try it real quick. Yeah, bro, that's what I'm saying. If that if that chaotic was like half the price, I would be super willing to invest in that. But at two hundred fifty dollar price tag, I think was the last that I saw it at, and I'm like, I hey, no way. Like I'll try my luck in the closet with the clothes. Our homie Minks uh, said that there's something on Pinterest of how to make your own. I know you're handy, but something how you can buy one yeah. of these styrofoam balls, and then you, I think. If I'm remembering your acts, I have seen it before. It's like you dremel it out, you know, you hollow it out yeah, yourself. I've seen those. Um, so you can maybe pull this off, but I really think this is pretty good. I can find a link for you, uh, shoot it over to you if you're if you're interested. I honestly need a probably a better microphone, but then I'm always like, it's not the microphone. My voice just isn't that good. I think it's okay as pod, a podcaster, but like you know, when you're recording like audio and shit, like I'm like, oh, why yeah. does my voice sound weak? And it's like because I don't know how to sing. Like I've never fucking I don't know how to do any of this. This is all just fucking so around. What what kind of microphone are you rocking with right now? Uh it's like a MXL something or nine ninety or some shit. I don't know. It was like a hundred bucks, you know, nothing too crazy. Okay. Yeah, I had one probably around that same price range for the longest time, probably like three years. I ended up on Facebook Marketplace finding what was basically a steal. It was like a $260 mic, but I ended up getting for 70 bucks. I went in with the full intention, like, all right, this thing's not going to work. This dude's probably ripping me off, but I'll roll the dice on it for that price and ended up being like solid investment. It works great. And I was actually really surprised with the quality difference in that one versus the one I was working. Cause I was kind of had the same mindset as you like, Oh, I mean, I could upgrade the mic, but will it really make that much of a difference? And I was pretty surprised with the fact that it did actually. Right. Well, and I've always had pretty shitty microphones. Uh, when I first started the podcast, I got, you know, two not real expensive ones, but I was, you know, funding it all myself. So I got, I was like, I need to buy two of these motherfuckers for when I have guests on. So um, I got, let me look up. I have in my closet an MPM 1000, whatever the hell that is. Um, and it was pretty cheap, but it works. And that's what my guests still use on here. And, you know, they come in just clear for a podcast. But whenever you were yeah. recording uh, like vocals on it, there was like some EQing effect. Right. Like if if you imagine if you're EQing, it was curving down the, the outsides on its own, you know, without me yeah, doing it. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm sure I'm I'm missing something as well here on this microphone. But maybe yeah. someday. I think that a lot of the times like with talking and stuff your voice is at a relatively low volume and talking is a lot easier for the mics to pick up. So like the cheaper ones aren't really going to show too much difference on the speaking side of things. But yeah, as soon as you start doing anything of like higher volume and more intensity, like especially with some singing or more aggressive style vocals, that's when the price point really shows up. Right. Well, and I've also, uh, you know, my problem is I want too much shit, you know, I have too many hobbies and, yep, uh, and I know all the problem. <laughs> And so like, and they're all expensive. My wife just looks me on top. She's like, I might like to buy stuff, but everything you want to buy is way more expensive. And I'm like, this is true. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, once I'm learning, you get into the music side of shit and everything just, you know, costs so much money. Um, but I also want a field recorder so I can record random shit out in the world to use on beats. You know, there's like this little. Like a little task cam type thing. Exactly. Like I, I look at that like yeah. all the time and because there's always stuff I I'm like, oh, that'd be cool to record that, but there's not a convenient way. And I've made a drum kit recording off this microphone, but it's kind of weird, you know, to like bring shit up to clap in front of it and stuff. I don't know. I mean, some people might be like, that's yeah, awesome, yeah. but I'm not good enough at like sound engineering to make it always sound good. 
Um, anyway, the random shit I want, I, I don't know. You would understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what exact Tascam model I used, but when I was in college, I had an audio engineering class that I took. And the Tascams we had, like, they had little condenser mics, little miniature condenser mics in them. And the stuff they picked up was crystal clear. Like, it was so surprising. I'm sure the things cost way more than I could ever imagine they cost. But for just getting to play around with them for free in this classroom setting, I was super surprised at how clear of audio they all picked up. Right. Yeah, I I know Strong Maurice, you know, who uh, Internet friends with. He has yeah, one yeah. and he uses it to get some, you know, pick up some stuff to put on his beats. And I, I've been like, oh, man, that just seems so cool. Because uh, all the time I'm like, anything could be a snare or a kick or a hi-hat. You know, you hear shit all the time. And I think I would just have a lot of fun fucking with that. Yeah, for sure. But it would waste time. It would waste time. Just like my PlayStation wastes time and everything else. I'm like, I should just be making beats and trying to sell them. But really, I shouldn't because then you get beat block. Apparently, that's a thing that happens to people. But I have like a pretty good little consistency um, where I kind of keep it moving. Not too much, but enough, you know, to keep it a good digestive system of beat making, if you will. Yeah. That's the same for me. Like the beat making process is always pretty easy for me to follow through with. It's everything that goes after that. And I toyed with the idea of selling beats. I had a beat stars at one point, but at the end of the day, like anything I make that I legitimately like, I always end up wanting to keep for myself anyway, even if I don't end up writing to it till like two years down the road, I tend to always hoard them. And the one to two beats that I did even have on my beat stars at one point have since then been removed and they both became songs. So Right. This is one of those things where I can make infinite amount of beats and I might sit on them for some undisclosed amount of time before I actually put them to use. Yeah. See, I just know I will never get to all the beats I make. Um, yeah. I just make too many. And then I also know there's certain styles. I'm like, well, I would never do this. So I'll go ahead and just put up on this beat source, see what happens. And I would say if I had never sold any beats at this moment, I would probably be like, you know, I should try something new. And I haven't sold any in the last few months. But in the middle of the year, I went like six months in a row making a beat sale. And I was like, well, oh, hey, nice. something was kind of working, you know, it's so like I feel like I can't give up, even though in my mind, I'm like, I don't know if BeatStars is the answer. Maybe I should just invest my own website. And people act like it's really easy to link beats to, to your own sort of beat store on your website if you just get people there. But honestly, I don't get people. I'm not the one that brings the people to my BeatStar beats normally, I don't think. I think it's yeah, like see that's the problem the like story. directing the traffic like beat stars is kind of that middleman it's almost like setting up a shop at the mall versus building a store two miles away from the mall it's like people are already going to be in that mall shopping anyways and they might stumble upon you while they're on their way to something else whereas if you just build your own building that's like several miles from the mall the likelihood of getting any traffic to come through there like I've never understood the making your own website thing. That's why I've kind of slacked on that idea for the longest time. Cause just like Facebook exists, Twitter exists, all these things already exist. Like what am I going to offer on my website? That's going to attract people to want to take time away from the other online activity they have planned. Right. I mean, I could see in my mind, um, cause I always talk about, I need to LLC my fake record label. And then try to, you know, put my podcast underneath that so I could have some sort of tax write offs for all this equipment I buy. But I never do yeah. that. You know, I never I always talk about it. But it's like, oh, it's just bullshit. Um, yeah, the same. But if I ever did, I understand why I would need a website for that. And then I could have different landing pages for a podcast and then beats and then rap shit, you know, and then. You could be like, hey, the newest episode, check it out here. And then it's just the link to the newest one. And I'm guessing the business idea is be that you would have ads on your website so people just going to your website to then click a link is getting you a view that will get you paid somewhere yeah. so I, I think it is cool i just don't know how much money i have to pay to host this website versus like the return on investment and the same with the beat stars you know yeah like, there's times where i'm like fuck this is a waste of money for paying for a beat stars uh account but i have like fucking 300 beats on there so i can't do the free 10 beat only account you know that's yeah yeah my options so. what was it like 20 a month or something for beat stars yeah yeah or you can yeah pay for a year up front which will comes out to 15 a month and i've thought about it many times but i just never do i'm like yeah 
Yeah, it's, it's tough to make any of those investments like when there's no guarantee of return on it. That's because like Squarespace, I know they offered some pretty cheap website ideas and you can actually integrate your merchandise in there. But if you want, so like right now for my merchandise, I use Printful for my, for my fulfillment. You can integrate that in with Squarespace, but then it's an extra monthly cost. So it's like, am I really even going to sell enough to make that worth it? Like it will look exponentially more professional than what I'm currently doing, but just the return on investment there is just very cloudy. Right. And all it is, because to me, the only thing that makes it look professional is just that the, the URL looks good, but a lot of people don't even pay attention to that, you know? Yeah. Um, well, not only that, but just like the, the layout words presented, you know, cause right now how I'm dealing with my merch is just basically people will randomly hit me up or occasionally I'll make a post seeing if anyone wants it. And then I go in and manually fill the orders myself and collect the money through PayPal. So it's a kind of sketchy backdoor system. You should it's look not convenient at all. I mean, that's what I use. Yeah. I, I, I talk about the beginning. I mean, you don't make a lot of money. I make like three bucks off a shirt or something, you know, which isn't like a whole bunch. Yeah. But like I do nothing. I make my design. Um, I post it up Evan there. Just set it there. Yeah. And I choose which colors I want available. You can let every color, but I'm particular. I don't want my podcast shirts and anything but black. And I think I also yep. allow gray. Um, yeah. And then whenever I have like my, my album, well, like the internet friends one, it could only be like in bright colors or whatever. You know, no, I just have random fucking rules. Um, yeah, I, th- I find that to be really easy, but I understand uh, peop- you don't make as much money that way, you know. But then again, yeah. you well, put in no money up front. You're right. It's like yeah. completely free. It's pretty sweet. Because, yeah, if you really want to make the money, you have to hoard all of your stuff. You know, like I might buy 20 medium shirts, 20 large shirts, and just sit on those and cross my fingers that someone will take them off my hands. And I would make the profit that way, but you just run into the same problem you would have with like hosting your website where. Is that profit really going to outweigh the cost that you put into it? Whereas the route you're talking about or the route I'm talking about, we make less profit per unit, but we don't have that upfront cost weighing us down. So I feel like if I ever started generating more traffic, I would consider taking that route. But with the low numbers I'm putting out right now anyway, it just makes more sense to do the low key stuff. Right. Uh, I, I haven't made like a whole lot on merch sales, but I, I have been surprised how many I've sold. You know, I wouldn't have thought yeah. that many of people would have, but um, hopefully we'll sell more, you know, after in the holidays, that's always a good, good time of year. Um, oh, for sure. So I do know that I think you have like different views on like, I don't know if politics is the right word, but I always notice you do have like, you're annoyed with the world on with the world's take on everything, or at least Twitter's take on stuff (laughs) for the most part. Yeah. That's a pretty accurate assessment, which I agree with. Um, you know, I, I'm still of like the mind. I think all the people being fake woke, at least, you know, I think it's good. You know, I listened to Barack Obama today on Bill Simmons podcast. Uh, it came out the day we're recording this and like Bill Simmons podcast is, you know, like my shit. And um, Barack Obama was on there and he said something to the extent of like what happened, <clears throat> he thinks, is that, you know, like our generation and the kids, people younger than us, you know, we we grew up with people telling us that everyone was equal. And then now we're becoming adults and we're like, no, listen, everyone's equal. And then the older generation's like, yeah, but not really. And then, like, our generation's like, well, we're going to make it that way. You know, that's more or less paraphrasing uh, what his take on it was. And I was like, I do agree with that. I do think everyone, not everyone, I think of the majority of people have good intentions, you know, but yeah, there is definitely moments um, that it feels like it's like, you know, a step forward and another step backward sort of scenario in some ways. Exactly. Even the best of intentions can be executed poorly. Is kind of the way I look like most of the conflict that came from like the political spectrum today, especially online, like most people legitimately believe that whatever point they're attempting to make is the correct point. And all of those points are correct to certain degrees, but it's just the violent opposition of anything that questions whatever point they're making. So like, well, just like the black lives matter movement, I think, 98% of people would agree like, yeah, that's a sentiment we can all get behind. Like 
black people deserve to not get killed by the police. Like that should be a common sense, like open and shut case. You know what I mean? Right. But then people will rule all lives matter. It's like, well, yeah, you're right too. But like what you're saying, like you guys are both saying similar things. It's just lost in the communication between the two. Well, I think a, something that I can never not think about when it comes to the all lives matter people um, is they, the first time around, because the black lives matter did not just happen with George Floyd. It was, Oh yeah. There was, was a phrase that happened yeah. a little bit before. And the first time around um, very quickly, I don't want to say the white side, cause that's not quite correct. But you know what I mean? Like the, the conservative yeah, side, they, sure did it. they were, um, they came out with blue lives matter, right? Like very quickly. Like you say black lives matter, yeah. then we're going to say blue lives matter. And then, then they would also turn around and be like, when you say black lives matter, you're saying no one else lives matter. But they didn't have enough awareness to be like, OK, so what do you mean when you say blue lives matter? Are you saying no one else lives matter? And of course they would say, no, yeah, we're just yeah. saying cops are being <laughs> yeah, killed yeah. unfairly. And it's like the hypocrisy. Or, but it's not like hypocrisy. It's they do it on purpose. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. And so it's not hypocrisy. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like the communication there is just so lacking. Like because. What, both statements are true, but like, since they're saying something not the same as what your side is saying, it's like, oh, well, fuck them. They're wrong. We're right. Right. And like the next however many years, you know, Joe Biden is alive and then Kamala Harris after him as president. And all, you know, for anything that's going to happen, anytime a Republican complains about a Democrat saying something like a cuss word or that they were unprofessional or that, you know, yeah. someone was perverted, anything that Trump has been for years, because I've already I saw something with this week that's already happened where they're trying to call someone out for something where it's like, are you serious? Trump did that shit every day and <laughs> yeah. you didn't say anything. It's all like, wild, dude. Like it's. I thought it was going to be like more calm because Trump didn't win. But now I'm like, oh, no. Now everyone's going to be like, no, no, sir. Remember back when Trump was president? Like everyone's just going to keep talking about it anyway. Um, yeah. It's it's moments like this where I really pride myself on basically just sitting across the middle and just watching the chaos unfold. Because as someone in the middle, you can agree with good sides on both. Like good points on both sides, rather. Right. And it seems like if you choose a side... Just inherently, you're going to view every other argument from the opposing side as the wrong argument, which is not an intelligent way of approaching any aspect of life. And I don't understand why politics is the one region where that mindset seems to make sense to people. Right. Well, I just like at a personal level, I enjoy hearing people's plans about anything, but, you know, politics as well. Yeah. And then me poking holes in it. Right. And not because yeah. like I'm just trying to be an asshole about it, but just because it's like, well, if you if I if if idiot me can poke holes in it and you can't exactly. give me an answer, then I don't well, think it's, like, it's gonna great, hold up. <laughs> yeah, how great is your plan if it is that easy to poke holes in it? That for, should be for either a common side, practice. You know, like uh and you know, I vote libertarian on most stuff, and I'm very quick to be like, No, I also don't think libertarianism would work in America necessarily because this whole like you gotta trust people. I think that's like a too big of a part of it, but I enjoy yeah. that they would like in, let's say, a perfect world like Spot Cohen becomes president because I thought I think he was great as the vice presidential nominee. This last time he just is like the first millennial that was on a ticket. And uh, I just think he's great on the Internet. But, um, you know, if like say he miraculously became president very quickly, you at least, you know, they would like try to get a control in the deficit and maybe like eliminate some wasteful shit, which I think would be needed. I'm not saying that yeah. I would actually think that they're going to fucking change the whole government in one term. That's not possible. Um, You know, it's a pendulum, if you will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this whole, uh, the government fucking spending bukus of money every year that no one has. And I think there's an argument to be made that who are we in debt to? Who's going to fucking take it? You know, I, I get that argument, but it's still, uh, doesn't make you feel good whenever it's like you're in a make believe debt world where we don't yeah, think it's it, real, but it's still bro, affects if you your think life. about that stuff too long, <laughs> it will melt your brain. Like when I think about these crazy numbers they throw out, it doesn't even seem like it could possibly exist. Like, what do you, we're in debt trillions? What, how are we in debt trillions? Like, who do we owe that money to? Like, right. Well, what, what are you up. even saying right now? I believe they added up the whole globe, you know, all the country's debt and then surplus and the whole globe is in debt. Like 
it doesn't come out even. You would assume it would yeah. come out even <laughs> yeah, bro, like, because we would owe it to someone. Yeah, but it, we owe them. They owe them. And eventually, yeah, it should just be a zero balance once you figure it all out. Yeah, but that's not how it works. They're like in a deficit to fucking the aliens or something. It's, it's almost as if none of this is even real and we're just <laughs> living in this make-believe world. Right. Like, what is money if you even think about it? See, when I was uh, first getting to college, you know, and I was getting a little bit of info war wars and they were like we got to go back to the gold standard and that always sounded good i'll be honest i don't know yeah i get that it was like your money was based on how much gold you had like literal gold bars i don't know how that would still be good now because you know people are like we got to go back to it but i definitely don't know if this whole like make-believe stock market is the answer because everyone just every week's like hey the economy's great the stock market's at an all-time high and I'm like, are you sure? Because like no one has a fucking job. Are you sure the economy is good? Like, yeah, exactly. How is it killing it so well? I don't get it. And I know so many people. Yeah, dude, it's it's all make-believe. Well, if you think even about the gold standard, gold is no better than Bitcoin at the end of the day. Because if tomorrow we discover some football field-sized deposit of gold underneath North Dakota, the price of gold is bound to go down. Like, well, we just uncovered 15 tons of gold. Like this stuff is worthless now. Right. Because the whole thing is based on like supply and demand, like Bitcoin. The reason the Bitcoin price fluctuates so much is because there's a set supply of it. And depending on how many people are hoarding it and how much is in circulation, like the price is going to fluctuate accordingly. So I don't even know why we initially based it on gold where the you could likely find more. It's not like we've mined all the gold on the planet at this point. Well, two things. So first on Bitcoin, I got into it about a month ago because PayPal finally allowed you to buy Bitcoin through PayPal. Uh-huh. And PayPal I, single-handedly caused a massive spike. Right. And I was like, finally. And I was one, you know, I got one of the early emails because you had to sign up for it or whatever. And um I've bought forty dollars worth of Bitcoin and it's already to, as of today up to fifty-two dollars. So I'm feeling pretty good about yeah. that. Yeah. Um I should have bought more. But anyway, uh, so that's my Bitcoin story. And then gold, you know, this will probably take a turning point. Gold is like the one reason I believe in the ancient alien theory. You know, I don't know if you've spent any time watching ancient aliens on Discovery Channel or History Channel. No, I've seen the memes. That's as far as I've dug into those. So now I agree. If you watched every episode, like 90% of it is ridiculous. You know, it is ridiculous. Yeah. I will say, because I have a lot of religious uh, friends and family out there. It is almost the exact reason, though, that I'm not religious. Um, You know, I was kind of falling out of religion before I watched this, but I was like agnostic before. And then after I watched Ancient Aliens and really dug into it, I didn't necessarily think it was true. I just thought this is just as believable as anything I grew up believing. You know, exactly. That was just really my my breakthrough moment in life. So, like, that's why I tell people, like, you can believe whatever you want, man. Like, if it gets you through the day, it doesn't affect me. Um, But I yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, ancient alien theory suggests uh, the first written language was by the Sumerians and um, in yeah. their language. They basically write that the gods came here on some spaceships, except they don't call them that, you know, but that they gave them consciousness and then they made them be slaves in the mines to mine gold. And then one day the fucking gods left. So like if you're like in your ancient alien theory version of that, you know, they came, they took some primate people, made them humans or smart enough that they could go mine shit. And then, uh, so maybe they did give us live. And then once they got enough gold, they left. Why would you want gold? You know, everyone's like, why was gold ever important? But we now know currently today, it's very important for electronics. And then it's like super important in space travel. Cause they put like a gold leaf coating on the outside of something. And then all of a sudden solar radiation can't get into it. So then there's like this theory of like, oh, these aliens would have needed for their fucking spaceship. So that's why gold's important. And maybe that's why gold is somewhat limited now because the aliens already mined some of it back in the day. You know, and I enjoy that theory. I think that's fucking awesome. And then you have a little bit of evidence with, you know, the Sumerians written language. But that's evidence just like any other religions has evidence with ancient texts. But that was honestly yeah. one of the first things that like really turned me on to it. And I was like, this is fucking interesting. And then eventually they get to where hair is like talking about how like, and you see this melted rock, clearly aliens were here. And you're like, well, all right, man, I think you're <laughs> yeah. kind of going this too far. I mean, other possibilities as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 
I do think it's really enjoyable to watch, though. I would highly recommend it uh, if you ever yeah, see it sounds super fascinating. some shit on Netflix. Um, I also read the book that the whole thing's based on. Is uh, This book came out in the 70s by some German dude called Chariot of the Gods, and it was just him. Oh, is that Graham Hancock? Uh, no, it's uh, Eric Von, some German-ass fucking name. Um but it's just like stories around the world. I've definitely heard of that book. I think Rogan has referenced that on several podcasts. Yeah, could be, could be. Then um, they have that old man on, you know, the ancient aliens as like the forefather of all this. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to read that book. And I bought it and read it. And I was like, oh, that was I mean, it wasn't great, but it was cool. You know, it's and it, none of it's at least from what I've read and seen. It, they're not saying like all this shit's true, but it's like could be you know <laughs> thought provoking at the very least thought provoking like. right right so uh anyway i was saying maybe that to me that's why gold's valuable is because of the fucking sumerians but i don't know how factual that is i love that we just went down that rabbit hole based off the value of gold <laughs> like this this took an unexpected turn i yeah, like man. that though yeah i had nothing planned uh you know the only thing else i did today was I listened to the new Eminem album or the B side of the music yeah, what to be is murdered it? by? How many, how many extra songs were on that compared to the original? I think so it was, I briefly scrolled through it this morning. Right, I don't know how many were on the first one to be honest, but I mean, it looked like there was probably twelve more songs or so, or twelve new songs. Okay, there's thirty six total, so I don't know how many were originally on there. I don't even think I ever listened to that album to begin with all the way through. I feel like I eventually just reached a point where I kind of lost interest in him and just couldn't really get into it. Right. I, I have like a, I mean, overall I would say I'm an Eminem fan, you know, if I had to say one way or the other, my history with him is I remember, you know, when it's not my name. Yeah, I guess my name is would have been the first song I really heard of his. Yeah. And being like, oh, this is fucking crazy. And I really liked it. But all the kids that were into it in my school, you know, being from a small town, were like the rock kids, you know? And yep, definitely relatable. I didn't really, I mean, I was a hip hop kid, but like not many people were. Not to be like, I was so ahead of my career, but like, I remember when Nelly blew up. That's when some of my other friends bought like the Nelly CD, you know, and yeah. you being from Missouri, I'm sure you would fucking get that. Um, oh, yeah. One hundred percent. The fact that like someone famous was from a spot that I'd heard of locally. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Right. But like, I remember that was a big turning point uh, just for my friends, because before that, they did see more uh, pop music, I guess, and stuff and maybe rock. Yeah. You know, I had friends who still listen to classic rock and things like that. Um, but yeah. So Eminem, I remember blowing up with that. And then. uh I somehow had the Marshall Mathers LP. I don't know how I own yeah, that. Yeah, same. And bro, I was so young. Cause what are you? 31 too? 32. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm 31. So you and I were both way too young to have that CD when it came out. Yeah. Way too. Young. And I had it like probably within the first year it came out. I had it. I have no idea how I remember I had it and I would listen to, uh, you know, the real Slim Shady, of course, right? Because at that age, you yeah. just kind of listen to the hits or whatever. And I don't think I really ever li- dove into it until I was on a road trip to Colorado. I have some grandparents that live there. And I remember like really listening to like all the songs and being like, holy fuck. <laughs> like knowing like yeah, dude, I so should not good. be listening to this. Yeah. And like <laughs> I still to to this day listening to the one where Kim's in the trunk, like it makes me uncomfortable. But like, oh, yeah, dude, I had to show that song to one of my coworkers last week. He had never heard it. I'm like, oh, buckle up. Like, <laughs> I can't even I can't even begin to prepare you for what you're about to listen to. You just have to hit play. Right. So I enjoyed that. Right. And I really did. And then for some reason, because I was just so into hip hop music, I just I couldn't like the white dude because I felt like that made me racist. If that's, yeah, just a walk-in cliche, especially right. in Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I don't, definitely get it. I don't know why it felt, made me feel racist, but it like, so you just could So I would always say Jay-Z was my favorite rapper at that time period, you know, as a kid. And then Renegade yeah. came out and I was like, fuck, Eminem crushed that fucking song, you know? And I was, and, and I would say uh, I kind of fell off Eminem as well because I didn't really like the Eminem show or Encore or, you know, there's a couple albums there I didn't love. Um, but when 8 Mile came out, 
I just I don't I don't think people think about it. I'm like Eight Mile is fucking amazing. It's like an amazing Dude, fucking movie. So good. And yeah. That really put me back Underrated. on where I was like, fuck it. I I don't I hate Lose Yourself. It's probably my least favorite Eminem song ever. Um, but I still loved Eight Mile. And then like I own the DVD and the behind the scenes where he rap battles the people on set, and I was like, oh my god, he's so good. Um, and so that's really when I was like, I kind of really like Eminem. And then when I got to college, uh, one of my good friends who I now have to fucking send money to in jail because he's in jail for, for fucking ever. Um, he loved Eminem. And then I would always be like, yeah, he's all right. And then he would like get real mad at me. But he's like super black, like dark skin. So he didn't have any of that whole like, I can't be an Eminem fan because I'm white thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. It was like exact opposite of me. Um, but. I always kind of thought Eminem was a little corny, you know, like a little bit here and there. Same. That's I, I'm very hit and miss with him. Like the songs of his, I really, really like are the ones that are on like the more serious side where I don't feel cheesy. Listen, like I hate all of his gimmick style songs, like the high, my name is and the real slim shady or the, uh, uh, what's the one where it's like Batman and Robin in the music video right. with him and Dre. I know exactly. You know, like all those cheesy, like right. the two fun of songs, I can't stand. And those were the ones that like really blew him up for whatever reason. Right. Like uh, Prince on the Marshall Mathers LP. My favorite song is the one right before the real Slim Shady, which the the I sit back on this pack of zigzags in this bag of this weed. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The way I am, yes, so good. Uh, like that I love beat that. Is shit. Hard. Yeah, uh, and then right after it, it's like this fucking song. I'd be like, skip, you know, skip that one. Um, but yeah. yeah. So anyway, my history with Eminem is kind of like that. And then you know he retired, and then Little Wayne became my favorite rapper. And you know, to like my if I had to do like a history when Jay Z retired, you know, because Jay Z said he retired, and I was like, all right, well, then he's not my favorite rapper anymore. And then Lil Wayne was just killing it. And then it was when I got my fucking license, and I try to explain to people like, when you're like a Napster kid, or I guess the time was like LimeWire and Kazaa and all that other yeah, LimeWire, FrostWire, all uh, that. Yeah, it the value of having someone put out so much music is like you could just make oh, a new mixtape, you know, new burnt CD all the time and shit. Cause I was just always doing that. And then when I got to college and learned about torrents and then I started torrenting mixtapes and shit, like just, it was great. And then that piff, you know, was also a big thing. So little yep. Wayne really just putting out so much shit, you know, at that time was where he kind of took over. Yeah, for You me. can throw on 200 songs of his on shuffle easily. Right. And then Eminem came back, you know, with on forever because, uh, he had a fucking show everybody up and it was great. But basically since forever came out, Eminem's been on this, like, I'm going to prove that I'm better than the young guys, you know, more or less. That's his, sort yeah. of his, uh, theme, I guess. And I do think I finally had enough by the time this shit came out today on the music to be murdered by B side, because it's just over and over. Well, it's not even about exactly exactly what I just said. It's like me and you would understand because me and you make songs, right? And sometimes you make a song and you think, hey, that's good. And I did good lyrically and I constructed that well. But then people hear it and they just don't fucking like it, you know? And for whatever reason, it doesn't. Yeah. Hit. It seems to be Eminem spends all his time bitching that his songs didn't hit that he thought were good. And that's more or less as someone who makes music. The only way I can listen to what he's saying so he's basically like oh y'all hated on this and that but y'all don't know how hard it is to make this and that and it's like yeah bro that's just how the fuck <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. like i don't know yeah bro <laughs> <laughs> it's and like I, almost in denial of the fact of like that the relevancy is slowly kind of slipping away for the new generation at least right well honestly i don't even know if it's relevant because it's still so well constructed like his rhymes are good yeah. his, you know and all that uh I really enjoyed the lyrics and all that shit, but the hooks are fucking whack as shit. They sound old and corny, um, at least on this yeah. new shit. He had a few, I think, on the you know original release of it that I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of all right. Um, but he is just really good at constructing rhymes. And then you are like, holy fuck, that's a good rhyme. That's a really good line and shit. But that doesn't make a good song. And then yeah. he now seems to be upset that people feel that his older music, you know, the last couple albums aren't that classic shit and then now he's just bitching about people not liking it and it's just like i don't think this is the topics that anyone gives a fuck about yeah but then again as he says like 18 times on this shit it doesn't matter if what he puts out is good because people still listen to it so much he makes so much money from it why wouldn't he put out shitty music and i understand 
but it's weird that he complains and then turns around and says <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I don't fucking know, man. So I think kind he's of really all over good. The place, man. I respect yeah. him and him forever. But yeah, I did not love the music to be murdered by uh, part side B. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I don't think I even fully listened through to the first one. Like there's a few good songs on there, but I can't, I think it was just more or less dismissive before I even gave it a chance just because I don't know, I just kind of on a different wave than I was when I first kind of started liking his music. And it's hard to get back into that mindset. Like he has a very, very particular vibe to his stuff that you just kind of have to be in a mood for right. almost. Well, for me, I really like to listen to music these days that I know will inspire my music. And so yeah. if I hear some songs that I, I don't know that I just don't connect to in that way or something, I don't know. Like, for instance, I can listen to some, you know, upbeat, hard street ass rap music. And I'm like, this is it. I'm, I love it. And then there's some shit I listen. To, I'm like, oh, this ain't for me. You know, I don't know why yeah. I couldn't tell you, you know, what makes one hit and which one doesn't for me personally. But I do realize that uh, or if like any beat has like a code of the friend type style, like that nostalgic. Uh, yeah yeah sort of keyboard shit I'm like fucking love it going on the playlist like it don't even matter what the lyrics are it's like we are like even you know me I, I claim I love lyrics and shit but a lot of times you just hear a good beat and you're like love that song <laughs> just yeah, off the beat gotta stick with for sure and for me like there's been songs where I might hear them the first time through be like nah I hate this song but then if I'm in a different mood or a different state of mind or whatever the case may be I might hear it again and like suddenly is my favorite song right it's weird how music can kind of hit you differently depending on you know like maybe you're sad one day and you hear this really upbeat song and you're like nah fuck this song i don't want to hear that right now but then that day you're feeling on top of the world and that same song comes on you're like this is the one right well in a similar way you know our homie forgotten one who was on two weeks ago had his album come out and, you know, I told, I mean, he hit me up and asked me my opinion. He goes, I know it's not your necessarily top of music. And in general, I would say it's not. I told him it sounds like uh, music played at a basketball game layup line, which makes sense because he played basketball. Um, but then, yeah. like, two days later, the hooks were still stuck in my head. So I just told him, I was like, man, you are good at making hooks. Like, they're fucking catchy as shit. You know, I don't even necessarily like listen to this type of yeah, you know, yeah. subgenre of rap music. But like hold on i'm gonna run it i'm gonna gun it i'm you know i was like it's fucking stuck in my head man like two days later so yeah there were several of those they were stuck in my head i can't even remember the titles right at this moment but i had to reach out to my dude this one has been playing in my head like can't, can't stop it so good yeah so uh you know and you know i know i keep kept bringing up the stuff there's just you can't judge me i mean you can judge music because it's you personally uh you know have tasted music but like as an artist you can't care about people's personal taste because other people have yeah. different taste, you know? Yeah. For me, anytime I get like a critique, if there's something valuable within the critique, I'll take it and run. Like you, for instance, reached out to me the other day, like, Hey bro, like this mix you sent me, like the kick was way too loud. It seemed a little overbearing. So like, that's the type of critique I can actually work with. And like, it's valuable. I can do something about that. Whereas if you were just like, Hey man, I don't really like this song. Like the lyrics, don't really make sense to me. It's like you can't really run with every single piece of critique you get. You know what I mean? Right. Some of it just comes down to that subjective nature that not everyone is going to like everything. Like there are bands right now with a hundred million streams that you or I might listen to and be like, Oh, well, this sucks. This is the worst song I've ever heard. But to some 18 year old, it's like, no, this hits me on an emotional level that you old guys just won't understand. You gotta be so, on the fucking Zans, bro. Um, you mentioning lyrics being messed up and a critique or whatever, not connecting today. I got a song back for internet friends three, um, or the, I got it back a couple days ago, but I just got to mixing it today and I fucking love it. Right. And it's about fucking Neptune or some shit. I don't even know what the fuck the hook's about. People are getting kind of abstract on this shit, which I enjoy, but it makes me writing a verse kind of hard. Um, yeah. But anyway, this dude sings this shit and it's really good, but he says something that's factually incorrect, but I don't want to tell him that because I enjoy the vibe he went for and I just don't want to ruin it. You know, I'm in a kind of, yeah. I'm in a weird moment where he says something <laughs> of like, you have to go past net or go past Jupiter to get to Mars. And it's an, an analogy 
and it's good. I understand what he's saying, but it's not correct. Mars comes before <laughs> Jupiter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I don't want to, like, I'm like, oh, man, I'm like so conflicted on it. I don't think I'm going to say anything, and we're just going to roll with yeah. it. But Because, yeah, at the end of the day, it's like a small detail. But then at the same time, like every time you hear that, you're like, that's not quite it. <laughs> right. But like I said, I as soon as I heard the song, it's not even on a good microphone or anything. I was like, oh, man, I loved what this dude did, you know. And then that's another that's one. I'm awesome. like, I don't even think it matters what microphone you have. Cause like this moment, I'm like, you know, this guy, it's just really not, you know, that great of a microphone, but it's like, it's so connects to the beat, you know, it works. So one of those moments. Oh, I was going to ask you what, what are some, what are, who are some pu- like music or musicians that you listen to regularly that you would think you would say is inspiration? See, for me, it's really difficult because I'm all over the place. Like on the hip hop spectrum, like pretty much all of the Dreamville team seems to be a recurring theme for me. So like J. Cole, Boss, Kaz, all those dudes. Is J. I. D. That Revenge of the Dreamer. Say what? Is J. I. D. on Dreamville? Yeah, he is actually, and he's super dope as well. So I listen to Boss so and like, J. I. D. quite a bit. Yeah, like all those dudes, like that Revenge of the Dreamer is the third one that's been on constant repeat since it came out. And I think that was like a year and a half ago at this point, but still so good. Um, I got dudes like Mac Miller that are constantly popping up on the playlist and stuff along those lines. But then on the far opposite spectrum, I'll listen to like heavy metal and stuff like my Spotify top five, whenever that yearly list came out, which is all over the place. I got some hip hop dudes, some metal bands, like some just random stuff. So like as someone who does hip hop, you wouldn't expect that my spectrum would be all over the place on the listening. But I do feel like that helps with the inspiration. Like I might find a guitar riff in some metal song that I really like and then play around with the idea of writing guitar riffs. Then before you know it, I got hip hop drums over the top of it. And I've made this new thing that's like the best of both worlds in a sense. Right. I, as a producer, only really know how to do hip hop drums. Uh, so typically if I make any sort of melody and I'm like, that kind of sounds like, you know, whatever genre, I just always do kind of like the, do I do boom bap or trap drum? You know, cause that's like my two kind of things I can kind of do. Um, and I'll be honest, this is another tangent, but that's what we're doing on this episode. I've kind of gotten a little bit into the EDM or trying to watch like the EDM videos and stuff. And their drums are yeah. always extremely simple. There is like nothing to it. And it's always the same pattern. Oh, yeah. So the I- snare, dude, the snare is like always just one pattern, like the most basic snare, but it just hits like the pattern of it. Cause you know, in hip hop, there's a lot of complex snare stuff going on. Well, You'll have- there can be. Uh, I know sometimes I'll do like a snare roll or some extra snares and people kind of get it. I've had feedback of like, there's too much snare stuff going on, you know, and you're like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but like, yeah, EDM stuff, it'll be like kick, snare, kick, snare, kick, snare. Yeah, straight up like the whole song. <laughs> you're like, okay. Uh, but it just works for some reason. Yeah. The other day I made uh, like a whole... I made the melody for a beat and then I made all of the drums without listening just by clicking in. I was like, yeah, yeah, this will go here and this will go here. And then skinny was over here. And then I just played it without ever. And it just all sounded awesome. Like, you know, whole 16 bars. And I was like, yes. And then he was like, nailed it. Yeah. And honestly, it wasn't really just kind of clicking randomly, but once you do it long enough, you have like a general, Yeah, you kind of know, you know, the basic framework of like where a snare is going to fall. And where a snare should never fall and right. with and I, all this stuff, you know what I mean? And I was like, in here, the hi hat will cut out, and then right here it's gonna come in, it's gonna sound real good, you know, and then it worked. And I was like, Yeah. Felt kind of proud for a moment of like, man, I've really been fucking doing some shit, I guess, on these beats. Um before we forget, because it is coming close to Christmas time, and you have a Christmas song that's coming out. Uh, I don't know when it came out or comes out, but we're gonna play it at the end of this episode. So, uh, what's your Christmas song about? So I kind of took it a little dark direction considering it's a holiday song. Um, you're my age, so you probably know, are you familiar with like Charles Dickens Christmas Carol at all? Yes, I am. So like the character of Marley, the ghost that comes and haunts Scrooge. Right. I don't know if he was Christmas past or future. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas past. Exactly. You got it. 
so yeah, the whole concept of the song toys around with like Marley and these chains and the idea of like kind of being reminded of regrets and possible things that you might be missing out on based on your decisions. So for me, it's like this sort of introspective look at the amount of time I'm spending at work frequently and like just kind of the amount of my life that's being sucked away doing things that I'm not necessarily choosing to do, but more or less have to do in order to continue existing in this world. You know what I mean? So like I said, it's kind of a darker song, like considering it's a holiday song, you wouldn't really guess it unless you actually heard the rhythm. The main rhythm and melody of it is Carol of the Bells. So that kind of ties it into the Christmas theme. Then the Marley character obviously ties it into the Christmas theme. But other than that, it was me just kind of venting more or less about how I feel like I'm kind of missing out on things and just spending too much of my time doing things that are necessary, but how I need to be better at balancing that. Right. I I don't have kids. So I think, um, it's hard for me to like imagine it. You're, I mean, I can imagine it, but I'm sure I'm wrong, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I don't want to pretend I could just be like, <laughs> Oh yes. I understand. Um, I have like a weird guilt lately, uh, kind of tied to that of like, because I don't have kids, I should be doing so much, you know, like I don't have this excuse. Oh yeah. You definitely see that. Like, so I should, you know, I told my wife last week, I just, in like a real honest moment, you know, something I rarely do because I've, you know, I always feel judged for whatever reason, even when I'm not. So I'm really uh, like super I know that feeling. And I was just like, I honestly think I should be staying up till one or two o'clock every night and putting more work into the podcast and into music. And she looked at me like, what is fucking wrong? Like, like why would you think that? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, because like, people really like there's people that are doing that you know and like yeah i i claim i want it and i'm not up till five you know i'm fucking going to bed like 11 o'clock what the fuck is this you know i should be up making beats and then she's like i think you spend a lot of time making beats like she looked at it like you're fucking stupid and i just (laughs) yeah yeah i'm over here like all the time like uh you know i played fucking ps5 for an hour today i shouldn't have done that when i'm like god damn it you know how much money i spent on that I should. Yeah, like I like, better enjoy the fruits of that labor. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you're kind of on the same page then. Like, I get it. Like, for sure, you will relate to that underlying theme and topic of it all. But honestly, she like loves Christmas movies, and we watched. Um, there's some new version of the Christmas Carol they did. I don't know what channel it was, but we watched on one of the streaming services, and it was really well made. Um, you know, with like some English actors, I think, and shit, and. Honestly, when I was watching it, I was like, I kind of am on Scrooge's side. And I understand I'm a Christmas Scrooge type person, but I really was like understanding all of his like um, excuses. You know, he's like, I'm providing work for these family. You know, these families wouldn't have food if like I wasn't keep the factory (laughs) running. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm the CEO. Like I have responsibilities. It's not all about me. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like completely agreeing with him. And I was like, yeah, 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 fucking ghost. I wish you could party all the fucking time, but you guess what? You got work to do. <laughs> That's awesome. So as I get older, yeah, I forgot your wife is like a teacher. So she would probably be very fascinated with that song. Like she probably has a deeper understanding of the actual literature of it all than you or I do. So she might even be able to dissect it better than I did while writing it. Right. Yeah. She, uh, she definitely does a lot of literature stuff. Um, that's like the only thing she likes to do is read, you know, it's like her whole life. So, yeah. And yeah. This one, I was kind of afraid of the concept of this one, like with the Marley's chains, because I started to realize basically everyone younger than me has no idea what that's talking about, which I thought that was one of those stories and stuff that was so iconic that almost everyone would catch on to it. But I completely overestimated that because most everyone I talked to, was like, uh, I mean, I kind of know what you're talking about, but right when I first saw it, I would have assumed it was like uh, some sort of Bob Marley smoking circle, like you know, the Marley chain, or we oh, all... yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. I would have just funny. started trying to piece together some, but you know, that's my biases, makes sense. <laughs> um, 
Huh. All right. So anyway, we'll play that song at the end here. Is it going to be on Spotify and everywhere? I'm assuming it is. I kind of dropped the ball on this. I meant to have this recorded like several weeks ago, but coincidentally with the theme of the music itself, I've just been completely overwhelmed with work and other obligations and stuff like that. And just didn't get around to recording it even until like three days ago. Finally got a mix I was happy with last night. So I submitted it for release last night. So I'm basically at the mercy of Spotify. I just put it up through distribution and just release ASAP. So it might be up on Spotify tomorrow. It could be Wednesday, but sometime in the next few days, it'll be up and active. Well, hell yeah, man. Um, we'll definitely accept play at the end here. And then the only other thing I was going to bring up to you before we get off here is, uh, you were one of the five people that I made a beat pack for. Yes. And I have officially, as of today, sent out all five of those. So I will announce who all the people were so everyone could be on the lookout. Uh, the first person I think I sent one to is Brad Sturex and Coop. Um, you know, they're the homies for sure. I sent them one called Dark Keys. It was all very dark piano beats, more or less. And um, some of that murder music for them. Yes. I made them a image you know, to like go with it. Cause I was really going all out at the beginning of this thing. And, you know, they seem to like it. And, uh, then the second person I made one for was kid G and I made him a picture for it as well. His are all like chill trap beats, but they're like super, like what I would think of as like trap, you know, like hip hop trap beats. Um, I just stuff I thought I could see him on, you know, I think he's newer ish into the rap music. Uh, yeah. game or whatever, but he was very appreciative of it you know I sent all of y'all basically the same message of I've made everyone seven beats I think three or four should make it into uh, an EP and then the rest you know you decide if y'all want to use them or not I can sell my beat store you know or whatever reuse them somewhere else um, anyway he seemed real cool about it then another one a dude I never know how to pronounce his name uh, like the Tokus or some shit like that um, I know it's not the Tycos because he bitches about people pronouncing the the in his name but i know he's all of our twitter friend you know we had an album come out a couple weeks ago are you aware of who i'm talking oh, about oh yeah 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 Thetic- Thetikos. Thetikos. okay so yeah i think it's like a greek a greek god for something i don't remember what i know it's not the what Tychos. it symbolized because <laughs> that's yeah, yeah yeah that's how yeah it's all one word and i'm pretty sure like 90 percent sure it's pronounced Thetikos. Um, so I just need to listen to more of his music, I guess, where he'll yells out his name and shit. Um, but I sent some to him. I'll be honest. He did not seem to, to, en- to enjoy it as much as everyone else, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how far that one goes. And then one, two, the one I sent today is MMP Fetty, who's this rapper out of Toronto who said he wanted some Kanye and J Cole type beats, which I don't, I didn't fucking know. I ended up just sending him some R and B sound and shit. And um, I thought it would work with him and then uh, sent some to you as well, which I sent like half of yours came out of my folder. I was saving for myself. Not necessarily that I like knew I would kill them, but there were just some that I was like, man, I can just hear like a hook already on some of these, you know, so I'm going to save them. But I knew I would never actually get around to them because my folder for myself is very deep. So, yeah. uh, And then also most of yours have some guitar somewhere in there. Not that it's like an actual way to play a guitar because I don't know shit about playing the guitar. I just click on the buttons on the VSTs. This is still that vibe, though. It's that general vibe. I like that pack a lot. Right. So, uh, anyway, yeah, I was going to ask, like, how do you how do you feel about it? I Yeah, I like it a lot. I haven't got a chance to sit down and write with it. Like I said, I was frantically trying to throw together this Christmas song, which for sure has a deadline because right. <laughs> realistically, you can't drop a Christmas song after Christmas. I feel like once Christmas comes the shelf life of that song is now over Right, you might get a few random plays into the new year, but honestly, like it should be on someone's playlist. Now it should be shuffling now. Like well, I said, I dropped the ball on year, that, but for sure, like starting. Yeah. November. It'll be on the back burner. Yeah. Good point. Um, but yeah, I mean, no rush on, on getting it done. You know, like I said, I sent it to five people. My idea was like, well, throughout the next year, uh, you know, I'm sure people will finish at different times. I know Brad Sorex and Coop have already got to work on theirs. Like I said, I sent theirs first. Um, yeah. 
they'll they'll come up with something i'm sure pretty cool and then kid g i think shooting for may i think was his date he's trying to push for so i was like awesome man you know that's great um yeah but yeah anyway we'll see what happens i'm also gonna make one for soko just because he's the homie oh nice and he doesn't do a whole lot of new music but he does like being on like the internet friends and stuff like that so i was like well maybe he just needs his own beats so that he because he's been asking me like hey is there any more open beats and i'm like they're just aren't at the moment man so i think he is jonesing for it you know if you will yeah and yet i got a i haven't even mentioned this yet actually but i have a project dropping more than likely february everything is recorded i've got one more hook that i need to lay down but beyond that everything is recorded and probably 95 percent mixed i might go in and fine tune a few things just to kind of make it feel a little more cohesive as one unit, but plan on dropping that in February. And then yeah, after that, I've got nothing planned. So I can try to start writing some stuff. Well, hell yeah, man. I don't know if you uh, have looked at any beats for internet friends three or not, but uh, I have to get you on one of those as well. Oh, for sure. I think I met like, Four songs are kind of done. You know, I still got to mix them. And then I got six songs waiting on a verse from me. And then there's like 10 more that people claim they're going to send them in. But we'll see, you know. What kind of release date are you looking at on that? Or is this still so early? You're just trying to yeah. gather everything at this point and not even putting a date on it. Yeah, I wasn't going to put a real date on it. I mean, at the moment uh, here at the end of the year, I was going to hit up everyone I have on my list that like, took a beat it said they were going to work on it and then just ask them like you know hey where you at on this and then kind of get a general idea like i said i still have six verses to write and writing is the hardest in like most oh, time by far <laughs> laboring part for me um and eventually I'll, I'll get to them like hopefully i have these next two weeks off work i can just really lock myself in here and, and write some shit but yeah who knows? send me that pack of whatever is left that's not claimed from that because for whatever reason, I was under the impression that all of that was already filled up for the most part. No, yeah, we have we have some left. I I actually today moved them to a different folder because people kept sending me, hey, I tried a little something on this one, too, but they hadn't told me they wanted to use that beat. And I was like, man, someone okay, else yeah. might be to have it. So I moved them to a different yeah, folder. Got five people writing in the same one. Right. <laughs> so I could reset it because no one had hit me up in so long. Uh, but yeah, I'll resend that to you uh, when we get off here. And if you ever just have time, look through it. Um, I'm sure there's something in there. And if yeah, not, we'll sure, make man. one. We'll make one. Like I said, I was kind of already under the impression that I missed the boat on that. I thought that was all filled up and currently being constructed. Yeah, uh, I I have no at the honestly I figured a lot of people would fall through and then like sometime next year I'd have to do like a second call of like all right now who will but I do <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna get enough probably this first time you know as the way it looked like ten's enough for me honestly you know I wouldn't be mad about ten and I know we're gonna at least have ten so uh, we'll see what yeah. happens with that. but again everyone everyone's kind of getting serious or like. I don't know if serious is the right word, but like, I don't know, not as like fun. Like normally I feel like people were more fun on these collab songs, but it's like, people are like, Oh, a, the Mo makes fucking sad music. I'm going to hit them with that deep shit too. And it's like, no, no, this is my escape. Why are y'all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why are y'all? This is supposed to be the one happy project I drop. You guys are killing it. Right. Exactly. It's like, y'all, y'all want to do, do real shit. Um, but all right, man, I thought like I kept you forever here. I know you got, you know, your family life, uh, hopefully your kids asleep, but you know, enjoy, enjoy your time with your kids asleep. I feel like that's probably important when you have a kid. Oh yeah, for sure. Dude, I appreciate you having me on here, man. Yeah, for sure. We got to tell you more. I know you used to have a podcast, uh, someday you might come back with it. Maybe not. We'll see. It's, it's on the, it's on the bucket list. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of work. I mean. Every it really, week. dude, I don't know how you do it. Just even listening to your music spinoffs, like hearing all the beats you got playing in the background while you and Skinny are vibing, then just me knowing from a production standpoint what it takes to actually drag and drop all these audio clips into it. And like, because I know what goes into all this stuff. So, like, I can't imagine how much time you spend just on one episode of the music spinoffs, like coordinating that and making it all make sense to the listener 
Right. Well, it helps that like I have someone like Skinny who literally asks no questions. You know, he's not like, so what's going to happen here? He just does. He just follows obediently. And uh, that <laughs> yeah, helps. Yeah. That really does. And then I do have a my system for the music ones down pretty well. You know, it's just we're always recording. Like even when the songs are playing, I just cut just all mute. that. Yeah. And because like, you know, that would sound horrible, you know, like something I pride my podcast in the music one over other like sort of review shows. And I understand people that do the videos would be harder for them to do it. But like you're hearing the real song when you listen to the podcast, you're not listening to me yeah, listening some, to the song. Yeah. Um. So like you're going to hear like what we're hearing basically. And like, so I think that's that shit's important. And honestly, doing these like the Monday episode of Snappy and then, you know, the Wednesday episodes or someone calls in. I almost every week I'm like, I don't know how the fuck I pull all this off. I think about canceling it all the time, but then I'm like, I don't know. I kind of make it work. And uh, so we just kind of keep it going. But there are times where I'm like, shit, who am I going to have on this week? And then eventually it just always works out or seems to. So this episode will be dropping what Christmas Eve Eve. Yes. That Wednesday. Correct. Correct. So, okay. Anyone that's bored enough driving around on Christmas to listen to us rant about, our music making thoughts or whatever else we talked about ancient aliens and shit on here, you know? Yeah. We kind of went every which way. Uh, this will be their Christmas episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so anyway, appreciate it, man. We're going to play off here with uh, Marley's chains. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. Well, uh, peace, man. Appreciate it, man. Till next time. Uh Oh, sounds like someone needs to sing a Christmas carol. No way. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. I hear Marley's chains, chains, chains. The shadows regress on my brain. Holidays to come, and why do I feel this pain? Promise to lose a family, I'll never see again. All these memories, looking back, they start to fade. Like I found excuses every time to never stay. Don't forgive me for these promises I break. All the blessings daily for granted that I take. Need more time for me, need time for family. I need more time in the day, these hours seem to flee. Life is more than flashing back to memories, and life is more than working. Stacking up our earnings takes the place of memories made I'm trying to find a way to balance out my day Seconds, minutes, hours keep running away Listen closely, I hear Marley's chains The shadows regress on my brain Metal scraping, weighing heavy burdens hang Ghosts and Christmas past, teach me how to change Teach me how to, teach me how to change Teach me how to change Yeah Listen closely, I hear Marley's chains The shadows regress on my brain Every day I'm older, time just slips away Yesterday I'm born, tomorrow in the grave This is a call to stay awake Stop sleeping through the day Enjoying the journey for it goes to waste Chase dreams, never beg Break the chains, life is what you make it Live today Listen closely, I hear Marley's chains Dreaming through my dreams, haunting through my days Metal scraping, weighing heavy burdens Hang, ghosts and Christmas past me how to change. Listen closely, I hear Marley's chains creeping through the shadows, regress on my brain. Metal scraping, weighing heavy burdens hang. Ghosts of Christmas past, teach me how to change.